Smell of slackers. <laughs> Welcome everybody to hey, hey. this podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm here with Donald, Rob, and Evan. And <laughs> we finally got back into the win column yesterday. Tyon pitched a great game. You know, not perfect, but good. You know, but great. And there's still a lot of red flags with this team, Tess, and I'm Ooh. concerned because if you look at the the fact that we still can only score about three runs and did so after the eighth inning is it's alarming i love that our pitching's doing well but we can't hit and it's still it's still an issue and we're doing so against the team that not only doesn't have their superstar right now but they're also struggling a bit as well the braves kind of gave us that that uh (laughs) gave us the win man because we were not scoring a run we'd be playing to today if we wouldn't have scored a run (laughs) because uh the two runs that we scored with the bases loaded no house was a wild pitch and then the four, the four, uh, the four balls to Mike Ford, which you'd have to go to the other batter's box to even catch up to them. So there was not, so that was the only way that we were scoring mm-hmm. because the at bats after them were dreadful, not even close. Clint Frazier's oh, at bat was horrible. I mean, so <laughs> using like, them as a pinch hitter. There's God, I hate the Yankees right now. They're such so weird. Like I, I was like, I was completely emotionless through the whole game, including when we scored the two runs. I was like, this is. Horrible baseball. No, the only th- the only happiness we had last night was Knicks and Nets. Yeah, that's it. It was just <laughs> horrible. No, dude, horrible. the Rangers lost six to one against the Islanders. It was awful. It was so awful. I couldn't even switch back between the Yankees and the Rangers because they both fucking sucked. It was just emotionless baseball. It's very emotionless. It's- oh, you know, a win's a win. We'll take it. You know, and I thought the pitching kind of got back on. Track. Uh, you know, I, I hate saying a win's a win because it's it's not. And a loss is not a loss. Sometimes there are losses that are much more horrible than just losing. You lose 15 to one, you know, you fucking suck. You lose one to zero in a game that you battled for nine, 10 innings. That's a tough loss. It's the same thing with a win. We got a win, but we squeaked it by because the other team was trash and we still can't fucking hit. Not Rob, a good thing. You You're staying awful quiet, Rob. What are you seeing, bro? I wanted to let Bobby finish what he was about to say before. Nah, Evan's fuck coming. that. That's a dumb right, statement. I'm not going to let people make dumb statements on our show. Go ahead, Bobby. You finish your statement. Yes, it, it wasn't. The, it wasn't the prettiest win. It was a win that was handed to us. But you almost felt like you know the the at bats. Although the runs weren't coming through, you saw that they were trying. You know they were taking a different approach at the plate. They were you know they weren't swinging at every bad pitch like they had been for the last week. You know they were working. You know they were working walks. You know, um, you know, letting Clint, Clint Frazier pinch hit with the bases loaded. At first, I was like, okay, this is a little different. You know, especially putting somebody like him in. I was like, all right, this could be a moment where Clint can finally break through. It didn't work out. You know, but you almost saw that they were they they were trying to put a little faith into Clint Frazier to give him look, the bases loaded, no out. You don't have to you don't have to hit a home run. You just gotta make contact with the ball. To your point though. After they drew those walks and had those good at bats, the at bats after were absolutely atrocious. Yeah, Torres, Sanchez, they all had pitiful at bats, and it was all lazy pop ups. Just nothing that was. If you want to change, if you want to say they're changing their approach, they would have tried to get some line drives, try to draw a walk. You know, even the ground ball. 
They it's not like that. they weren't trying to get walks last week. That's what you do every game. It's just they didn't have the opportunities to do it because they were going up against a better pitcher, I guess. It, it fluctuates every game. We still saw them do the same bullshit mistakes they've done all goddamn season. Right. It's just one win. Until we win three or four in a row, I'm not going to analyze this as a successful win. It's a win. I'm glad the losing streak is over, but it doesn't mean a goddamn thing if we go there tonight and do the same fucking sloppy mistakes and win two to one, three. To, no, we need to literally win a seven to two game and fucking let's go. That's how you change the momentum on this shit. Not these fucking, oh, we're going to get a bunch of books. That's not how the Yankees win. We need to not dominate people with home runs and we're not fucking doing it still. We suck. We fucking well, suck. I was going to say that inning could have been a real turning point had they gotten some base hits, you know, made it, you know, made it five to one, whatever, you know, had Frazier maybe got a double and then Torres came up and did the same thing. Even if they only scored, you know, three more runs or something like that, that is so much better than what we had been seeing. But those three at bats that we had chances to score were so bad. You're just like, I'll take the win. But like you were saying, Evan, it it was one of those wins you were just like, they played bad, you know. Aside from the we have a team of a bunch of bitches. They like they literally have to dominate, or they're oh, it's too hard, it's too hard to work. Oh, it's it's obnoxious. Look, we're only happy when we fucking dominate people, and otherwise we're not happy. It's like we got to get fifteen fucking home runs a game. This team I'm is filled with really, pitching, really poorly. Well, let, let's yeah, let, let's get into the pitching um, with okay. Tom. You were able to see Tyone's one of those rare pitchers where you he, he's very comfortable working up in the zone. And when those you know, when he gets those those uh fastballs that just kind of like hang in the middle is when he gets hit. But his advantage over the 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 new the new way of hitting now is everybody was focused on more jangle. So they were swing, you know, they're they're more they're they're learning, they're focused more on hitting in the bottom of the zone. And that gives Tyone, I think, a clear advantage over the hitters these days. Does anybody else see that or agree with this? I do. I mean, I, I, so it's a good point, man. I mean, Tyone's always been that kind of pitcher where he's, you know, he's, he's always been among the league leaders in, in ground ball ratio because um, he's got such great off-speed stuff. His, his curveball is, is elite, I feel, um, when he locates it. And he was locating it yesterday. Um, his curveball was right on the right in the edge of the zone, and Sanchez did a pretty good job framing pitches. But to be honest, those pitches were were pretty much perfect. And uh, a lot of his curveballs, it's just making sure that um, he keeps his fastball um, either up or or low, because sometimes it can kind of go in the middle of the zone occasionally. And he's got a four seam fastball, and uh, you saw a couple of, of Braves uh, hitters square up on it because. And, and previous uh, outings as well, because there's not a lot of um, movement on his fastball, his four-seamer. Um, I wouldn't say it's a plus pitch. I think it's his curveball, which is really his dominant pitch. Um, but it's a uh, but his fastball is perfectly good enough um, to set up the curveball. And uh, so that's what I liked about Tyon. Um, he actually could have gone far more than five innings. The Yankees are obviously taking uh, extreme care with him. Um I kind of would have liked to have seen him leg it out an extra inning to give our give our <laughs> pen a break because we are abusing our bullpen. Um, but uh, for for 
for purely what we saw last night, I think the only really one of the only positives I took from uh, last night was um, was him, and of course the bullpen. But we always knew the bullpen is going to be dominant, and uh, and uh, Urshela had a lot of positive at bats. But uh, back to the pitching, uh, Tyon, he's exactly what the Yankees uh, traded for. That outing today, yesterday, is exactly what the Yankees traded for. Um, so we'll be looking to to for that to improve and to um, hopefully get a little bit more length from uh, once he's uh, once you know the Yankees are comfortable with that. Well, I think the positive too yesterday is that you saw him deal with trouble giving up those two doubles early, um, and then he figured out how to work that curveball location a little better and wasn't placing it over the middle; he was placing it low or high. So, you know, seeing that, that shows you that he's kind of figuring out what he needs to do because Donald's right. If he can pitch like that every game, we have a pretty damn good number three. The, fi- the five innings, that's not long enough, but it's, it's a start for a guy who hasn't pitched for two years. And adding on to that, he, his velocity hasn't come all the way back yet. You can see that because he's a guy that can touch mid-90s easily. So that's going to make up for some of the fastball location. And yeah. – um, once he gets that velocity back, you know, you're not going to see him leaving 93 over the middle. That's when he's going to get hurt. Um, if he's if he's pumping that thing up to, you know, 95, 96, something like around that area, and if he can get a little movement, a little spin, because his spin rate has been up, as we mentioned before, if he gets that on that fastball, he's going to be fine. You know, and what we saw last night, like you guys just said, we'll take it every single start until they can get him working more innings each time out. But that, that spin rate on a yeah. fastball that's, you know, 96 would be fucking lethal. Yeah. So I'm not too worried. I know, I know it's hard to get an uptick about four miles per hour more. That's hard to do in the middle of the season. But he used to be able to do that. So even if he goes up by two miles per hour and the spin rate stays where it is, that's a pretty damn good pitcher right there. Cohen was extremely complimentary of, this, of the spin rate last night on the Yes broadcast. Um, he was saying that the spin rate on his curveball is actually elite. It's like way above what. Well, they couldn't pick up the spin at all. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's, if we're talking analytics, spin rate is the one that I think is most important. To be honest. I, yeah, I spin rate is something I started paying a little more attention to. Yeah. Well, that's what that's how the scouts are actually um, attacking our hitters with <laughs> the spin rate, and we have. Because we're not seeing any fastballs anymore. We're, we don't not, see very many fastballs, you know, that. because it's they've seen how, how they can get us out. The, the other thing, with the, pitch, the other aspect with the pitching is you're, start, you're also starting to see they're working a lot better with Sanchez. They're trusting their pitches with him behind the plate again. You know, um, Sanchez's reflexes look a lot better than they have. You know, he's got still has a long way to go. You know, he's got a lot of work to do still. His throw to second looked fantastic. He's looking really good. Um, we'll get your movement soon, Gary. Don't worry. I'm, right. I'm look, the bobblehead was shaking his head at me. I don't know how it happened. but <laughs> Are you okay, Rob? I'm fine. What do you mean? I'm perfectly I'm fine. <laughs> I want He's to talk about He's Cora. talking to a fucking bobblehead. You think I'm not fine? talking to the bobblehead. The bobblehead was talking to me. There's a big difference. This is what happens okay, when I hang Rob. out with Evan too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Evan's driving me to the loony bin. Anywho. <laughs> These um, last place Yankees are obviously taking its toll on the on the on the Yankee Chronicles. 
Yeah, I'm talking <laughs> about <laughs> me and a losing team doesn't work. Sorry, guys. We talking about Glaber. Uh, I think boy. he needs to put he needs to put on those goggles, Rick Vaughn style, and hopefully he starts hitting because he looked a little bit better defensively yesterday. <laughs> sliver, sliver, a bit better, but uh, he's just having such poor at bats, and I want him to just. Why does he hit better with the goggles on? Put the damn things on. You know, like it just seems like he's so much better when he's wearing those things. He I looks just, diabolical, man. Like I think this is a concern. Player. This is a concern. I'm worried. I, I started to I started to really hit the panic button when you watch him flinching on those curveballs. Even the one that's great point, man. So spot on. He looks you know, and what's scary about it is the first curve that Tats is talking about wasn't even close to him it was on the opposite side of the plate and it was slow as shit what 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 the fuck happened there he is not seeing he he's not picking up the ball at all at all they said that they said that last night on yes he said you know when you're flinching like that that means you are not seeing anything you know and that's a concern and I think the Yankees really need to, to – Yeah, they and have- the second one was worse because you know that it's not just a one-time missing thing. He did it twice in one at bat. He's really not seeing the ball. No, his, his – if you look across the, like his slug and all these numbers are way low, like crazy low for his, for his abilities. He's only got one RBI this year, I believe. Yeah, and his OPS is like – 520 or something. Yeah. yeah I, like, I mean, he's 100, like, uh, 160 yeah. batting average, something like that. But he's that, yeah. hit, he's supposed to be th- that all around hitter, you know, uh, where it's singles, doubles, and with a little bit of pop. But not even, you know, he can, you just can't seem to, to he's not doing anything. And you know what I think it is? I think it's very similar to, um, mm-hmm. Gary Sanchez in terms of they're focusing so hard on his defense. You know, I think it's gone in his head and I think it's affecting his approach oh, at the plate. Um, I, I think that uh, moving him to short where he's clearly not comfortable and he knows there's a lot of pressure on him, I think it's gone in his head because is the bats are not even competitive at bats. They're not, he doesn't even look like a major leaguer now this year. And uh, it's crazy for someone of his talent. He's got MVP talent. He really does. He puts it all together. But his approach to the plate, his approach defensively, he just looks broken. He looks a mess. And I actually think the Yankees were better to leave at second base. You don't think it's odd, though, that we saw such star power from him at second and the transformation has been this brutal? It's it's something's clearly not working for him, and I don't think it's because the talent or the potential is not there. We've seen him do it at the major league level. We know he can do it, but they got to move him out. Troubles. I think it it didn't start to mount up until they moved him to second base to shortstop. Exactly. I think uh, I think I think it was actually moving him to shortstop, which is the start. I think if you looked at his numbers, there's such a steep, dramatic decline since moving positions that there has to be something to it right and at this point it's causing him you know mental issues because yeah. it's like it's like chuck knoblock for example he made that poor throw to first so many times that he began getting scared thinking i'm gonna make that kind of throw every fucking time you don't yeah. think torres is starting to think that with his feet with his bat with his everything because he's thinking everything right now 
And it yeah. was very similar to when we made Gary Sanchez catch with one one leg up, you know, you know, and he was so obsessive about making sure that that's mm. that was right that it affected his approach at the plate, and he looked disastrous last year. Um, like Rob, always, you know, like Rob said a couple weeks ago, you know, it's the Sandlot quote, you know, just get out of your head, you know, stop thinking. That's that's the problem. Maybe they do need to realign the infield a little bit just to see if that can get Torres going. Well, why isn't DJ going over to fucking shortstop? They've never even attempted to try him there. He's fucking DJ LeMayhew. He can play oh, anything. Let me throw, I'm convinced. Let me throw an idea out at you and see what you think. Okay. If you you say leave Ford and his mustache at first base. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. Fine, Ford's fine. Whatever. All right. Can we leave him at McDonald's? Torres at second. You put Urshela at short and DJ at third. Is I'd rather hate DJ that. at short. I'd rather DJ at short. I love Urshela at third. But Urshela has. I'm only using it because our show has played short a little more. DJ than- has struggled mightily at third before. Like he has not looked the same over there at third as he has at second. I think he can pick up short a lot better than he'd pick up third. That's just from my, from my eyes, you know, for what right. I've seen, I could be completely wrong. Someone might disagree with me and that's fine. I agree I think with Rob hundred percent. Urshela oh, is so you, good at third. Urshela is just so good at third that the analytics don't even say it, which is funny. He's yeah. so good at third, and I think LeMahieu would be fine at short. If that's what it takes to get Glaber going, then screw it. I'm all for it at this point. I've, I've said I'd be patient with him, but we need something to get that bat going because I would right. survive the, the shaky defense if he was hitting, but he's not doing anything. Yeah, nothing's right. clicking right now. So, But it's also April. To- this is the time you make these experiments. You can't do yeah. this shit in July or August. But shouldn't right. they have done this experiment in spring training? Yes. They don't, they don't use spring training effectively anymore. It was long That's enough correct. you could have tried anything. Exactly. In previous <laughs> in previous regimes, spring training was actually used for the, these kind of things. But now we just use it kind of like a fucking holiday camp. I don't even know what we use it for. No, and so, remember, we used to have special guest coaches for former players and executives that would come during spring training. We haven't had that because of COVID, and I'm sorry, but I think that that's been an issue. You know what? I never thought about it. I never thought of that. That's actually an excellent point. And, you know, they were trying out these Sanchez at first base and Aaron Hicks at second base while we were actually starting the regular season. Why was this not done during spring training? Again. Hicks was practicing second like a few days ago. I know. That's it. So like, why are we doing this now? Like, why are we starting to think this crazy shit now, man? It's like. I don't understand what this organization. <laughs> why is would why thing. would Hicks be the experiment at second when you could be fucking DJ at shortstop be the experiment? Which one has bigger upside? Do you think? DJ at short. DJ at short. There's okay. a, there's actually a there's actually a wrong answer in that question, and it would be Hicks at second. You don't <laughs> yeah. try that. You just don't, right. try. don't try. I know. I know we have a don't surplus of outfielders, but you don't try that. You're much better off putting DJ at short, and if it means. Torres is more comfortable at second, and so be it. You know, something has to go, uh, something has to be fixed with Glaber Torres, and they have to try something. And you right, know, you get, sorry to cut you out. You know, DJ LeMayhew is the, he's the professional. He will go wherever they tell him to go, and he will do his best, and he won't complain. He, he doesn't, does the dude even talk? 
I mean, his press conferences are so boring. He has nothing to say. I'm DJ. Like, he's <laughs> Remember, that's what they originally signed him for. They signed him to be that utility Ben Zobris type that's going to play yeah. first, second, yep. maybe right. third. Could even play it short. Maybe even play the outfield if they need so. He wasn't even supposed to be a starter when we got him because we had Andujar, we had Glaber, and we had Didi, and we had um, Voight. So we weren't yep. even planning on using him the way we are right now. So I would always hey, trust a gold glove. Short. I'd always yeah. trust a gold glove. And he's a gold glove at second. He's above Are average at first, but he's a gold glove at second. If you can play a gold glove second, I'm pretty sure that you could find a way of being comfortable at short. Now, they're, they're obviously completely different positions, but it's a lot closer. And, and, and Torres has never been a gold glove at second. He's, he's, he's fine at second, but he's not a gold glove gambler there. But he's at least a little he's bit better. There. He's yeah, better he's comfortable there. I think the transition from second to base to third base is actually harder. Um, yeah. You know, the re- the reaction skills needed to be third are, are much, much quicker. And for shortstop, at least you're still covering the bag. You're still doing half the things that you do as a second baseman. So you kind of understand your positioning and where you're supposed to be. DJ's baseball IQ is up there with the best of them. He That's will what know what to of. do. He will know his positioning. He will be fine. Yeah. Did you? Uh, this is quite an interesting man. Uh, I was reading uh, Joel Sherman's article on on the Yankees. Did anybody read uh, his his take on the Yankees at the moment? I'd love to hear this. Uh, I, to be honest, I, I can't find anything which I disagree with, but I will, I'll read out anyway what the article is. Extremely worrisome Yankees mess warrants warrants changes. Um, so he says here. Um, I did see that. And, and this is what I agree with, because I've been saying for a couple of weeks here that the Yankees have a very cynical approach uh, to, to baseball at the moment. It's, it's very emotionless, station-to-station, home-run-only kind of approach. But this is basically what he says here. Uh, when it comes to offensive philosophy, the Yankees have been card counters at the blackjack table. Their system stacks one exit velocity monster after another. They believe devotion to that power-hitting mythology will methodology will translate to roughly about 600 winning percentage who cares about the other 40 percent um basically uh, or due to the shortage of lefty bats defensive stalwarts or any athletes if you want six out of ten you make the playoffs and then that's basically the way the yankees have approached it and thus facing the 15 game crisis at the moment and the that's why the yankees aren't really flinching because they believe so wholeheartedly in the 60% solution that if you line up all the one velocity monsters, occasionally uh-huh. you run in a couple of home runs and then you win the majority of the games. Um, and so, so yeah, he was, he was kind of, he was focusing on that for a bit, but here, but it says, yeah, elements of these 15 games feel more worrisome than just two bad weeks. Cause he says, it's not just been 15 games. They're actually 38 and 37 since, uh, since last year. And the wins, majority of the wins actually came from the Orioles and the Red Sox, who were historically bad last year. And uh, when faced with strong opposition, namely the Rays, the Yankees have looked unplugged and unglued. Maybe it's unfair to include a shortened pandemic season, but it's, but it's possible the Yankees have been trending the wrong way. Also, mm-hmm. pitching is better than ever at exploiting their weaknesses. Because with the dominant high spin, high velocity stuff, which, which we just said earlier, the whole league is hitting about 233. 
um, which is Aaron Hicks' career average. <laughs> so he says, of, of opponents deducted how to expose a Yankee lineup made single-dimensional by its paucity of lefties and reluctance to move runners. Um, no team is seeing fewer fastballs. The Yankees have been kept on the ground while strikeout, striking out once every four plate appearances, which is the worst in their history. Um, the item that keeps over... The item that helps overcome deficiencies in their defense and rotation depth is the long ball, but they're but they're way off their normal average with that. Um, so, you know, they, you know, obviously he says he actually has suggestions here about that. That, for instance, Sanchez has always been viewed as the Yankees' problem, but he's actually misunderstood because his body language suggests he's disinterested, but he does actually care. But the Yankees have got so, so many players that are all just home run dominant instead of actually defensive uh, wise, that, you know, quality defensively, that that's actually what their problem is. So he, was, he came up with suggestions in the rest of the article about maybe uh, switching up a little bit, maybe take Aaron Hicks out of the lineup, try Talkman because he's a lefty bat, these kind of things, just to add a little bit more athleticism and speed on the on the base paths and defense. Uh, I mean, I don't think he said anything here, which is incorrect. Well, the thing that you mentioned that stands out to me the most is that they're going into this with the approach, the 60-40. Yeah. You can't do that. Percentages fluctuate, especially in baseball. You can't yeah. rely on it to be 60% every well, season. That makes well, sense. But that's how they've done it, man. That's how they I know. exactly I know. The that's why it's not working. <laughs> no. It's that's why it's so emotionless. You don't see any heart. You don't see any energy in the because on the benches. Or they literally already exactly. know what they're going to do, and they're not going to sway off that no matter what the results are because they and, think the percentages will fluctuate at the end anyway. And that's why Cashman isn't moving from his his uh, his belief because that is his process. The the maths heads that are the, that are above him in the organization all have basically come up with a fucking spreadsheet. That says yep. if you line up all these guys, they're gonna hit. On average, one of them's gonna hit a couple of home runs in a game, and then you win that game, and then you'll win six out of ten. Right. And then and you know what's sad too? Kevin Cash in Tampa Bay, they have the spreadsheet that you're talking about, but yeah. they don't overuse it. Thinking, okay, well, it's gonna be seventy-two percent this way the whole season. Yeah. They don't do that. They have a spreadsheet, That's- but they also have a matchup sheet that fluctuates from every game, which is why. They lost half their team last year and are still significantly better than us, a team who's considered a top five team, or at least we used to be. Yeah, that's how the A's approached us back in the dynasty years. That's how the A's kind of caught up on on us because that's how they've done it. They're actually much better at that than we are because they have to. That's how they match up to us. Yep. But we are actually trying to outsmart them at their own game. And that is what the problem is. It's very much similar to us using Mike King or, or Debbie Garcia in those opener roles because we're trying to play their game instead of the fact that we're actually the big, bad fucking Yankees, but we don't actually behave like that. 
tell you, you I know? despise the term opener so much. You know, like my wife, I hate it. An opener, and I'll freak out. I despise it. It's, 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 it's also not required. We've got a ton of starters that could come in. Yeah. Well, that's a perfectly good job. Yesterday, there's no point in having an opener when you have this many starting pitches in your in your roster. No, it's it's completely. You do that when you don't have starting pitchers, like no, the Rays. Just, they don't have enough starting pitchers. We've got about seven. Yeah. <laughs> What's sad too is. If any of you have an older brother and you used to play video games with him, he'd get annoyed and unplug the controller and you were too stupid when you were little to figure out that's what he did. Well, <laughs> the Yankees are the older brother and the Rays figured out how to fucking do that shit. And we're too dumb <laughs> to figure out, oh, they unplugged their controller. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Rays approach us because they know that we're so right dominant, so they don't give us many fastballs to hit. And we've got all these, they just throw us off speed. And we're just swinging, swinging, swinging. And that's how they're beating the shit out of us, man. But look, look at what Glass now did. The fact that Glass now got out of that trouble and still beat us is fucking absurd. That, and then the cramp, he fought the cramp off and still shut the inning down. There was every reason for us to win that game by a dominating fashion. And we just, no, nah, we're not going to hit. <laughs> it also doesn't help when you've got Aaron Hicks batting third. Or even Brett Gardner batting third because they they don't have any power, man. Not no, anymore. Hicks looks righty, broken. Righty, lefty, righty, righty, lefty, yeah. righty, lefty. Uh, Hicks looks broken. His approach is broken. There's something. His swing is broken, and and that there's an issue. But if you're batting him third, right? <laughs> the, the, he's not gonna. I mean, the Yankees aren't gonna pitch the. the sorry, the opposition's not gonna pitch to him because they know that. Um, well, they're actually going to pitch to him because they know that following him is somebody that's more like somebody that's more intimidating, like a Stanton or whatever. And so it just it fucks everything up, man. And also our, play, our approach is just disgraceful. I, I can't Rob. watch it. It's just so boring. Rob? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the whole lefty in between judge and stand is so annoying because they didn't care about it in the offseason. And if their whole approach was to have Hicks be that guy, it makes no sense to me. It never did. Hicks is a guy that you either bat lead off or you have him at the bottom of the order. Like you just, and he's not good enough to be a leadoff hitter right now, so he should be batting ninth. And speaking of lineups, what the hell was Mike Ford doing batting six last night? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I get- See, that's the thing. If he, if he had hit a home run last night. Everyone would have done what you said. They were, oh my God! Yeah, we needed Mike Ford. He's back. Like I'm so glad he did shit. He's Bad gonna start again tonight. Hole. He's gonna start again tonight. He should not be batting six. We're probably gonna see Odor at second, and we're, we might see Torres line up tonight because he's just been. Bad. Yeah, and then, yeah, again, another guy that plays no defense that can occasionally run into a home run. That is our problem. Like that is Cashman's philosophy. He's built a roster almost entirely made of these people, apart from DJ LeMahieu and Arshel. That's why we adore them so much because they can actually do something other than than that approach. Because that approach might get you six out of ten and uh, against a weak American league, but when you get to the playoffs, better teams. Better managed teams and teams that are well prepared for you beat the crap out of you because your approach is so flawed. And that's the problem because the Yankees refuse to admit that that, that process is flawed. The they just is- say, oh, the playoffs is a crapshoot. And that's how they get away with everything. It's not an answer. 
It's not a crapshoot, though, because we're getting exploited on those weaknesses now, and they only get enhanced once you get to the playoffs. So it's not a crapshoot. Exactly. And it's not a crapshoot for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are fucking not no problem in the playoffs. Two games of film to figure out how to beat you. Yeah. The Dodgers have had no problem in the playoffs these last four years. They tend to make the World Series more often than not these last few years, right? Right, and the first time they lost to a fucking cheater, so that doesn't count to me. Right, so, I mean, they have no problem, but the Yankees, who have, or who have as much money, in fact, they have more money if they wanted to, it's it's not the amount of money, it's how you use it, how you spend it. How well, you put I it think Tanaka's coming back next year. I feel that strongly. I just don't see any... Just, you, to get back to the lineup going. real quick, is it's not the fact of having the lefty between Judge and Stanton. You know, when the season was, you know, when they were getting the season under underway, I thought it was a good strategy. But when you see the strategy isn't working, you have to make adjustments. You know, so you don't want to take Hicks out of the lineup. Like Rob said, move him down in the order. You know, you don't have to have a lefty in that spot. What you need is somebody that's going to make contact with the ball. Maybe put a shell at that. Maybe try that. What you're doing isn't working. You know, and you, yeah, we always say, you know, you, you want to keep a consistent lineup. But when the when your consistent lineup is not playing consistently, you have that that's when you have to make the change. I think it's is actually making changes. It's just he's just throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks. Because <laughs> we've seen everybody just all over the fucking world, but it doesn't actually make any difference because the approach is exactly the same. The the problems with the way that this team has been put together is exactly the same. So it doesn't actually matter whether you put fucking fourth, sixth, or ninth. The approach is exactly the same. And the the and you know if you have Aaron Hicks batting third, then you know Aaron Judge isn't going to get any pitches to hit because Aaron Hicks is fucking behind him and he can't hit worth a fucking shit. So Judge doesn't get any fastballs. These are the kind of issues that you have when you put together a lineup. Yeah, exactly. If you have so, if you have a contact hitter like Urshela batting third, you're gonna see, yeah. Judge is gonna see a, a better pitches. Yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna try to attack Judge and, and get himself out. Yeah, you know, so they gotta do something because what's you know what they're doing isn't working. You said, you know, a win's a win, but, it, you know, like you guys said, it was an ugly win. And I, I think what the Yankee fans, you know, need to see is let them win a series in a, in a dominant fashion. Let, let, let them have a, you know, plus 10 run differential, you know, after playing three games. Then we'll feel like things are starting to click. I'd actually like to see, like to see some energy, man. If somebody do something a little bit different, a little bit against the grain, like a hit and run or, or you know, <laughs> trying to steal a base, something a little bit energy. Or why not just go and, and start a fight with the umpire? Something that could at least wake this team up because it's Because those same. things are too small for us, Donald. They, they literally need to go out and have a grand slam, two grand slams. They need to fucking power through this shit or they're not going to. And, and that's, well, that's the issue. Ideally, they need a lefty fucking bat that can actually hit for average, and uh, and they need some somebody that can play shortstop. Like but all these problems are not going to be fucking answered. So we just need something that's a little bit more energy because at the moment it's fucking horrible to watch them. It's not even baseball. 
I mean, the way that they approach it, why don't we just have a home run derby and then everybody on the math heads can just fucking write some spreadsheets and just be done with it because there's nothing that's going on on the field. It's all been pre-done. It's already pre-done. There's nothing that's happening on the field, which is any different than what they're typing up on a spreadsheet. All right, Rob, do we have any trivia today? Oh, yeah, we do. We do, we do, we do, we do, we do. All right. So currently with a tie for this week, Tats and Evan both have a point. Donald is slacking. But I'm slacking. I had a bad week. <laughs> so far, so far. There's a chance for you to turn around, though. All right. So nine years ago today, the Yankees came back from down 9 nothing against the Boston Red Sox. I'm sure you guys remember that game. Yep. However, in the eighth inning, we finally took the lead in that game. What former Yankee did we score five runs against in that eighth inning? Uh, Donald, I'll give you the first shot. Oh, my God. Red Sox reliever nine years ago. 2012. Oh, yeah, 2012. Fuck, man. Uh, you'll have to ask somebody else. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I'll draw it a blank. Evan, you want to give it a shot? Miro Mendoza? No. No. <laughs> was it a was it a reliever? Yeah. Oh, the, the eight. No, I know it's a reliever. I'm just blanking on. Yeah. The year. Right. Let's have a look and see here. Um, what, what, I'm trying to think of I think what pitches went to the which relievers. It's were, a short list too. Of when the, yeah, it doesn't happen too often. It wasn't very good. If that helps, for both teams. I'm blank. Thank you. Was he was he a Yankee prior to going to the Red Sox, or was it after? No, it was it was before. It was before. He was a Yankee before Boston. No, I can't. I don't know. I know no clue. Evan, it's on you if you want to give up or if you want to draw out a name. No, because it's going to piss me off when you announce it because it's right on the tip of my tongue. But go ahead. I don't know. Alfredo Aceves. That <laughs> scrub. Oh, that was what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> We would literally have had to Google that, man, to uh, even get that. <laughs> yeah, he was, I mean, he was such a household name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've tried to erase him from my memory. I would have given you a hint like, oh, his name's after a type of pasta or something. But, you know, then put a probably give it a little. <laughs> yeah, I would have gotten that. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Do your winners and losers, Donald, and let's wrap this shit up. Well, I mean, they're just so depressing to watch that I (laughs) I haven't really put any awards together. I'll just say that uh, Urshela's approach of the plate was terrific, and that was a great home run. It was a big shot right in London Park, so I'll give him the win. And just, just, I just think that as we've discussed, the Yankees' philosophy takes the L. I just think that there's, I think it's, it's just such a cynical way to approach uh, building a roster that it doesn't matter about defense or athleticism or lefty righty or um, a different approach to the play. It all has to be just waiting for a home run. And it's completely against the way I like to watch baseball. Baseball is a beautiful game. And I think that the way the Yankees have uh, approached the analytics era is uh, is just cynical and it's very difficult to root for. What do you think the next era or generation is going to be? You know, we're in the analytical state. We had the steroid era. We had the dead ball era. What do you think the next one's going to become? It's an amazing question. It's like the Manfred where, era, where everything yeah, he Manfred wants to take sports. So basically, it's going to be a scripted sport and feel like wrestling. That's what you're saying. Seven inning games, two outs an inning. John Cena on third base. If he tackles you, you're yeah, out. There's going to be a lot of experiments, but I have a feeling <laughs> that at some point, this whole analytics thing is going to come to a head. And then they're going to, going to be in center field. And then suddenly they're <laughs> going to completely like, there's going to be teams that completely renounce it, you know? And then that might be the new direction. Little yeah, League Stadium. Because I feel it's going to come to a head because it's just, <laughs> I think it's going to come to a head because people are going to see that fans are going to tune out. You they guys missed fun. that, but Rob said Little League Stadiums. Imagine the fucking fence being 100 <laughs> feet away. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm just talking a little. That's funny as fuck. <laughs> I'm just throwing out things that Manfred's going to try. Like I said, the pitcher's mound is going to be in center field. The bases are going to be 10 feet apart from each other. Mercy rule. You can only score five runs and then the other team gets up. <laughs> and, <laughs> and remember, little, no, but you know what they should do? Everybody gets in at bat. Remember that in Little League? Whether you were playing on the field or not, you still got in at bat. That's what they should do. <laughs> How about do we this? Have like extra, 13 batters? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> extra innings, the bases are loaded and nobody's out. There you go. There's you know, they're not, they're not even going to use extra innings. They're just automatically each inning just going to put a runner at second base. <laughs> <laughs> each inning starts with a runner at second. Exactly. <laughs> you know what's crazy is that he might try some of these things at some point. He's going to try all of this. These are literally ideas they're having in the meeting. They're discussing this right now. He's like, oh, they write that down, write that down. That's a great That's idea. A great I love idea. this podcast. They have such great ideas. Pitchers not in center field. <laughs> They're not mocking me. They love me. Oh, my God. I love this podcast. We've literally turned Rob Manfred. He already is a villain, but we've turned him to the South Park version of Jeff Bezos. With the big <laughs> Dude, as I said he yesterday, he has goons. He actually has his own goon squad that goes and fucking... That fucking noises people up. I mean, They're all wearing the fila jumpsuits. He's, <laughs> call each other Paisan. Oh guys, if I disappear, it's because Manfred's goons just whacked me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to actually watch what we say. We it's going to be like it. a scene from V and Vendetta, you know? They put a foot <laughs> on my head and then I just disappear. 
What? No, I'm ready, text this morning. I'm guessing Evan really is. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap things up here for you today. Before you go, just check out statementgames.com. Learn, uh, get a unique experience to your fantasy sports. Check out docoutersbaseball.org and learn about the founder of baseball. And listen to us Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. on radioplaylive.com. So, on behalf of everybody, yankeechronicles.com, be safe, be smart, go Yankees. God damn it, Tats. There we go. You know, that was the first time you said that today. Hey, there you go. Nice. All right. Good way to sneak that in at the end. My day is complete. Go watch uh, Concrete Cowboy. It's on Netflix. It's a good movie. No, no I got to watch Screwball today. Yeah, watch Screwball, guys. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll learn about Come Manfred. On. Yeah. <laughs> and Frank is Sopranos goons. That is good. <laughs> Have a good day. And the A Rod Santar. You gotta, you gotta see the A Rod Santar. Yeah. 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 Ye